To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Well, good morning, gardeners and homesteaders and everybody else that's just joining us. We are here to talk about something very special. And I've just been notified that Miss Batavia has not eaten yet. So it should be an interesting show, just to say the least. (laughs) Was I not supposed to say that out loud? I didn't think you would. (laughs) I can't be held responsible for the next 59 minutes. Like, like, yeah, I'm normally better prepared than this. Like. I'm over the threshold of I haven't eaten. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hangry, hangry, hangry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about um, different varieties this year or different seed varieties and understanding when to use them because it can get kind of complicated and no pun intended. Actually, I don't even know if it's a pun, but it's easy to get lost in the weeds with it. So um, we're going to try and crack that shell which i think will be a good thing uh it's been very enlightening i spent a lot of time this year really looking at different varieties and testing them out and stuff like that so um and i know miss batavia has got varieties out the wazoo in her garden so add to the list of to do's for this winter i'm so sad to even say that this is what where we are like, yeah, like, start making your list of things you're going to do in the off season. Ugh. It is bad. Um, but I need to go through my seeds because I have so many of the same type of vegetable. Yeah. But the variety of that vegetable differs. And I don't ease, I'm not easily able to kind of get to what I want to and what I need to. It's kind of like just a whole container of broccoli. That's what I got. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I think in this, in this subject, we'll talk about, um, hybrid and heirlooms, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, if you have not, if you're not a regular watcher on Sandy bottom homestead, which is my YouTube channel, first of all, you should be, but, um, I've been talking a lot about that this year and, um, I'm testing out to see which ones will produce and stuff like that. And, there's specific cases for specific things mm-hmm. and it does get kind of technical, but I'm a technical guy. You know what I mean? I think it's um, the information is in the data. You just got to, you know, figure it out and just go with it. And I think once we learn to make these educated decisions and not just go off of pictures, which I know I'm guilty of being like, Ooh, that tomato picture looked good. I'm going to try that one and start really digging down a little bit deeper I think we can be even better than we already are. And I say we as a collective audience and everything. I know we can. And this isn't like some type of imposter syndrome. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not afraid to succeed. This isn't that. (laughs) I just, I don't want to give the attention to some of these things that I would, I feel like I would need to. Uh, I think the answers are at our fingertips for a lot of the troubles we have. Yeah. A lot of the curiosities we have. I think that fingertips as if it's, whether it's on a seed package, whether it's on a website, like I think the information is there. Um, And I think because oftentimes we can have 
probably quite a bit of success without digging in it's super easy to to not but this is what this conversation is we're digging in right yeah yeah we're gonna dig in deep and also what we do need to dig in deep on is just let everybody know that if you would like to support the show and help keep us on the air please do so by either checking our links going to patreon apple subscriptions and subscribing or one thing that you can just do out of the goodness of your heart is share this episode or any other one with three other gardeners that you know Boom. So, are you big in... I'm trying to think of how to kick it off. Are you big into what variety you're growing or what the produce looks like when you pick it? Be honest. The produce looks... <laughs> like by the picture when you order it. Yeah, I'll save um, the moment of being offended. <laughs> Yeah, with your whole be honest as if, as if, of course I'm honest, um, uh, what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, there's something, there, there are not a lot of things, but there's some things where because of my previous experience of growing it, even if it doesn't look great, I am all for it, right? Um, but a lot of the things, it's the, for vegetables, it's going to be what the produce looks like. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot. I mean, there's some variegated leaves on some plants that I think are kind of sexy. Uh, but, you know, the plant itself isn't the thing. It's definitely, oh, wow, look at that head of cauliflower. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I've been growing the purple cauliflower for mm -hmm. years because mm -hmm. I just like the way it looks. I mean, mm -hmm. it cooks white. But um, I say be honest because I do the same thing or I have done the same thing in the past where I look at it. I'm like, oh, I, I want to see that in my garden. And I go and that's where I stop. And it's hard to kind of admit because then if I go back and look, I, I can think of a handful of those where it'd be like, no, I definitely failed at that. Like didn't even get anything close to what it looked like. Just total bad experience. So it, it, it's, you know, for me, it can be hard to admit that I did something like that. And I know that it's really common because that's what marketing is all about. You know, show the pretty vegetable and we automatically think that, well, that's what we're going to get when in fact, that's probably not always the case, especially depending on where you live. Yeah. I, I don't know what the split is, but there's also um, the earlies, you know, like, insert the early peas you know yeah. early producing things so when those varieties hit it doesn't really matter what they look like i'm inclined because i think that i'm you know i have the, i feel like i have the shortest garden season ever i absolutely don't shout out to those in zones three and four right um but i look at it and say okay yeah that's i want that you know i want something to produce earlier you know so i think those are probably neck and neck when it comes to um probably I'm going to increase his number throughout the episode. What the thing looks like, like notes about early producers and then almost anything from a trusted resource that they're saying they have tried and they replaced something that they had problems with. Yeah. So when someone says, Oh wait, you know, I'm growing this variety of collards now because the cabbage moth, you know, is resistant to it. You know, sign me up for all of the packages of seeds. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a bridge you're selling to? You know. <laughs> well, you know, when I see a pack of seeds that says early on it, you know, my first thought is like, 
oh, well, the plant doesn't even have to grow. Like, it's just going to start producing right away. You know, for some reason in my head, it clicks <laughs> like that. Like, oh, I'm going to get this tomato so much more early. And you may, it'll be earlier, but in uh, what, a week? I mean, mm-hmm. can you not wait a week? You know, and then a lot of times what happens with me in my garden is I'll get one of those early producing varieties, but they produce earlier, but not as long. So I end up missing the boat on that, you know? So it's like, it's this real difficult balance. And it, it it's hard because I want to get it as soon as possible because I'm impatient. But the older I get, the more that I learn that patience is what's going to get me through my garden every year. Yeah, everything that glitters isn't gold. I think we we may have disagreed on this a bit. But some of these varieties that are bred to do certain things, sometimes you lose out on taste. So I know everyone here has heard of the early girl. And I think there's even an early boy, but early girl tomato uh, for. I definitely grow the early boy then. (laughs) When I used to buy (laughs) tomato transplants, I still buy a ton of transplants. But when I used to buy tomato transplants, I would buy an early girl because it made sense to me. Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. I want a tomato early? And even when I started. starting tomato plants from seed i um bought early girl seeds and i planted both purchase transplants and transplant transplants from my you know grow room and i've never been like really thrilled or really impressed by the early girl like i feel like my memory says that yeah those tomatoes came a little bit earlier don't know how much but it's kind of like you know it's not as bad as a tomato you're going to get from the grocery store yeah. But I don't know if I'd say like, oh, it's really good, you know. <laughs> like Yeah, that's um I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I go along with the taste part of it. I I can't quantify that in either direction, but um I know well I know that when I asked you to send me some tomato seeds before for like two years, all I got was early girl tomatoes. So you clearly had a couple extra packs laying around. <laughs> ah, that was like two years ago. One yeah. Two, I wouldn't do that to you now, right? Like my <laughs> my opinion is firm and set on um, the early girl. And what is that opinion? I don't see a reason to to, to grow it in my garden, which reminds me the okay. big boy. I have one tomato that I need to get out and harvest, and I it's rain today, so I hope that it stays. Um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is like, eh. Yeah, You know, big boy tomato. I have seeds for that, too. I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know that it's that special. Which, you know, is that whole hybrid versus heirloom, too. There's a bit of that in there, too. Yeah, well, let's um let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll move on to the varieties. Let's get that one out of the way. So, um, hybrids are seeds that have been cross-pollinated with others in order to kind of stabilize the best traits from each plant. So you might get disease resistance. You might get um, different tolerances to temperature. You might get, you know, all these different things. The big downfall to them is, and I'm just going to throw a percentage out there, but it's pretty high percentage. 90% of the time, if you save that seed, it will revert back to one of the parent plants. So you may not get, or you will not get, what you grew the year before, you'll end up getting a variation of it to some extent. 
So it has to go through multiple generations before it's actually stabilized into the character traits of it. Whereas an heirloom seed, it's been saved. It's been reused year after year after year. I think the cutoff date was like the 50s, 1950s, to be exact, in case you're listening to this in the future. Um, And so when you save that seed, you get what you saved. You know, if I grew... I mean, pick an heirloom, you know, um, a brandy wine tomato, you're going to get a brandy wine tomato the next year, but they're not known to be as, and there's huge air quotes around this disease resistant, um, different heat tolerances, cold tolerances, stuff like that. So, um, there is kind of the, the big question about that. And that comes into question when you start talking about, um, tolerances is like the king of the north pepper you know that's like a big one where it's like when you live farther up north a lot of people will grow those because it's supposed to be able to grow in cooler temperatures Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um as far as i go i in the past have been all heirloom and after struggling quite a bit through some crops and some crops not as much Mm -hmm. um i've gone into where like i'll grow I grow heirlooms the majority if I want to save the seed. <clears throat> and if I feel like going through the trouble of saving the seed for that certain crop, where do you mm-hmm. stand on that? There is a time where and for those that are going to go back and, and listen to every single episode, um, as in binging us. Thank you. You're going to hear me say on one episode in one year about how I was transitioning to buying heirlooms for the purpose of seed saving. And I didn't do that. I don't even think I did it in those next couple of months. And it's not even on the three year plan because sometimes it takes me three years to do a thing. Um, I am driven by what I want now and whether it's heirloom or not. Some of the things that I've enjoyed growing have been heirloom. Um, Like I, I buy the seed kind of hard stop now. Yeah. My curiosity, desire, interest have overwhelmingly outweighed the concept of, oh, I could save that seed. I think there was something about kind of the, the lifespan of the seed, you know, and, and germination rates that maybe swayed me a little bit, you know. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I tried to do it with carrots one year. Mm-hmm. I tried to save mm-hmm. carrot seeds epic fail bro epic fail couldn't i don't even know what the seed look like i mean i know what a carrot seed looks like but like when i got the plant and i went to go harvest it like i don't even know how i would plant the seed like it just was extremely (laughs) complicated so i moved on from it um tomatoes is another one that for years i have been trying like okay only heirloom this is how it's gonna be and then this year i started dabbling a little bit with um you know determinant versus indeterminate versus hybrid versus heirloom. And I'm actually on the hunt for a good determinant heirloom seed because I do want to save my tomato seeds every year, but there's other stuff too that like, like cabbages, for instance, like I I don't care about saving cabbage seeds. Um, Part reason, and I don't really want to say this out loud in case there's a seed um, provider listening to us but because I get so many um, cabbage seeds in a pack 
I don't really mm-hmm. need to save them because I can get, you know, three, four years of cabbage plantings out of a cabbage seed pack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of what we're growing, there's only so many. Well, you more so than me, meaning no, me more so than you. There are only so many cabbage I'm growing in a season. Right. You know, so it would take me probably five years to get through my cabbage seeds now you toss that into like i still can't get cabbage to come out of the grow room that's a different conversation you know <laughs> but um i'm not going to use all of the seeds because guess what i'm probably going to switch the cabbage variety even um i think that um there's something about like how should i say this very carefully your socks are knocked off you know when something knocks your socks off then I think you're more inclined to say yes. You know, not yeah. only do I want that, I want to save that. And then I'm chasing it as an heirloom. Um, and I don't know that there's not a whole lot when it comes to variety where I'm like this every single time. I'm not a lot of vegetables. I was just looking up. Remember, there's this whole debate. There are three things in my garden that are there are three things that I thought I planted so mortgage lifter, brandy wine, and then this other tomato. I started the season off thinking that I had planted a mortgage lifter and brandy wine. And it was about like, wait till it produces to figure out which one's which. And I'm online looking, both brandy wine and mortgage lifters are heirlooms. And yeah. heirlooms sometimes have a distinct look about them, like the way the bottom of the tomato looks. And so now that the tomato plant is producing, I don't know what the heck it is. Right. I still don't know what the heck it is. Right. I just, you know, assume that it was a mortgage lifter because of uh, the hue. But I'm not sure there. It doesn't look like the pictures online. Um, But either way, I look at it and say I'm not impressed with whatever it is. You know, so I'm not going to try to chase that thing down. Um, And that's more or less like I mix my my starts up. I was talking to you when I did it. You remember that day? Yeah, I was up potting them and I got them mixed up. Um, then the third tomato is a tomato that is a heavy producer, um, but I don't know what the variety is because it's in a brandy wine package, but clearly not a brandy wine tomato. And I've had this experience like three or four years where I keep one either intentionally or accidentally growing the same tomato. Um, so I said all that to say, like, I'm not chasing these varieties. Um, I've talked recently a lot about the pineapple tomato, mm-hmm. uh, which is an heirloom as well. I'm a lover of it. Like, if I felt like there was going to be upcoming shortage on pineapple tomatoes, I'd be saving all of the seeds from all of my plants. Um, but I don't feel like that that's the case. And it's an heirloom. So again, it'd be true. Um, but I probably say, I don't want to go through the names of them. I probably say there are a handful of specific varieties that I believe in enough to chase. Um, and for everything else, I'm kind of like, let's give it a try. All these years of growing cucumbers. I still don't have a favorite cucumber. Yeah. And I I am ashamed to admit that I forgot to mention this, too. and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, Hybrids are also known for um, one of the traits that they will put in is uniformity of Mm -hmm. um, the fruit or vegetable, whatever. And then also the productivity. So some that will just be like super productive. And mm-hmm. the reason why that came to mind is because like heirlooms are kind of known to be like funky looking vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the mindset that of what we perceive from the grocery store vegetable to be. You know, I, I took my mom, we went to a farmer's market um, earlier in the season 
And um, she's like, I need to get some tomatoes. And I walked over and I saw some heirloom tomatoes. And I, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, she ain't going to eat this. But I grabbed <laughs> it because it was weird looking. And um, sure enough, she's like, what is that? And I was like, that's a tomato. She's like, I'm not eating that. And I'm like, mom, it's just a tomato. Like, let's just eat it. Trust me. It's going to be good. And she and she's like, yeah, it's delicious. It's just a tomato. I'm like, exactly. So that's kind of all of it, too. And where I've been falling into, I don't want to... I don't want to call it a trap, but I'm going to go ahead and say it into the variety trap is for um, different heat tolerances. Mm -hmm. So you'll have like hot tolerant or cold tolerant vegetables um, traits within the seed because it's not like I'm taking a, um, a tomato that it's cold tolerant and trying to grow it in freezing temperatures. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is get a cold tolerant vegetable that I can get up and going because it's, and this gets confusing because it's got a heat tolerant trait. So it won't bolt as fast during the heat and then I can finish it off in the cool season. That's what I'm trying to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's um, a cold weather vegetable like a cold weather crop yeah with a heat tolerance yeah yeah Yeah. slow to bolt is sometimes how they advertise it yeah sometimes Um, they advertise it that way sometimes they'll call them heat tolerant which mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you read that though you think okay well i'm gonna plant this lettuce in july well you know most places especially around me like that's not even an option so it's it's important to (laughs) know like when you're gonna start your vegetable and what the ultimate requirements are from the maker, when I say the maker, I mean like nature of the vegetable. Yeah, God. And then the, the tolerance that have been given to it because it's a hybrid. And so I'm, use, I'm trying to use them to my advantage to get a jump start on it and then finish it off when it's appropriate. And vice versa, you can get it. So you can you can get like there's the king of the north pepper and stuff like that, which... When it gets to be 50 degrees here, that will start to kind of hurt a little bit. And these won't hurt as bad, meaning they will continue to grow to an extent. So um, this is one of those moments. I like to be sure of things when I say them. Otherwise, I like to note that I'm not sure of it. And I'm not sure of what I'm about to say. I think I believe now that we talk about it and say it out loud, heat tolerant makes me think. I had grow lettuce, you know, in the summer. Yeah. Slow to bolt makes me believe, oh, that thing's going to bolt just slower yeah. than your other lettuce, right? Um, frost tolerant. Um, and I'll, again, use lettuce as the example. Um, it can take a frost, um, whereas one of its sister vegetables, like, you know, sister plants, another lettuce is going to just break down. I think yeah. you have a video where you... You were able to show like this is what the leaves look like, yeah, um, and how crystallized they were, maybe a season or two ago. Um, and so there is something about a home gardener that's moving fast, that maybe that's growing food for production, but maybe not for profit. That I think this is going to be very presumptuous, but I'm going for it. I think that we're the perfect marketing group because we don't necessarily have time or the interest to prove the thing wrong or right yeah right you know so it's like i have a nevada lettuce lettuce 
and I'm almost certain it's labeled heat tolerant and I've grown it before in the summer like I've harvested lettuce from it like in July or something every other year the lettuce I grow it's bolted in June for sure that's the last time I'll have fresh lettuce and in my mind that's the it it happened one summer you know, like, yeah. And the next summer I planted it, and nope, wasn't the same thing. I even tried to get close to the same time frame that I that I planted the seeds. So the seeds. Um, but in my mind, when I make my garden plan out next year, remember I told you this year I wanted. Um, I felt like I could have got lettuce a little bit longer. At least should have tried. I feel like I'm going to go to that Nevada lettuce because that thing stuck with me. I have really, I just, I have one good year with it, but in my mind, that's the lettuce, right? You know, um, and because it's not like I'm selling it. So it's not like I need to go to market with Nevada lettuce. So I need to be absolutely sure. It's like, eh, you know, I'll, if it doesn't work out next year, I'll probably point to something that, you know, it's unrelated to never really was heat tolerant. Yeah. yeah it's looked out that one year. Um, and I mean, I think if you use it to your advantage, you're good. And this is, I mean, we're talking here, we're not just talking about buying seeds that we're, you're folding in everything in your toolbox for gardening. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about succession sowing, mm-hmm. you're talking about timing and planning, you're talking about seed starting. I mean, this is like, this is a whole thing that you're doing. So for instance, what I'm trying to do is I've got my, my Brussels sprouts, the back row is heirloom. The next row is um, heat tolerant, and then the next row is like a disease resistant and heat tolerant to an extent, I believe. So it's it's curious to see how that's going to unfold amongst itself. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. this is something that I've struggled with, and that's why I said, well, let me go ahead and try the heat tolerant. So I wanted to try it because I've struggled with it. It's hard to grow in my area. It's known to be difficult. Um, but if I can get to where it's like, yeah, this will work fine, then that's good. But, you know, coming into the fall, depending on when you plant, you may not even need a heat tolerant vegetable. But if I'm going to plant something like a cabbage and for me, I can do it in the fall, pretty much no problem. But in the spring, because it gets hot so fast, I may, in fact, need to start focusing on a heat tolerant crop there so that I can prolong my harvest. And now I'm combining these techniques, you know, where I I go ahead and I plant in my heirloom seeds or whatever I have left over and let them grow. Now, I will say this and i did notice this this year and i know why you're having trouble starting seeds i figured it out why i'm having trouble getting off my butt and starting seeds or why i'm having trouble with survival rates okay Mm -hmm. um so i moved my and every year i have a hard time starting seeds in the summer for fall every year Mm -hmm. in the spring it's not an issue um and i moved my seed shelf into my office or the studio here, whatever you want to call it. And because it's a smaller space, I've noticed that it's a lot warmer in here. It's very warm. Mm -hmm. And so when I started my seeds, I started heirlooms and heat tolerant. Guess what Mm -hmm. survived? I don't want to guess. The heat tolerant are the only ones that made it. Every Mm -hmm. single one of the heirlooms died. It's very interesting, and it's noticeably warmer in here. So I'm curious to see, because once I go through the spring, if I don't have any issues, I know that's what it is. So it's definite. I think I'm almost convinced that it's the temperature 
and my house during that time of year is just not conducive to it growing. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that makes sense for me right now. Yeah. The only thing that makes sense. It's the temperature and or the humidity. Like my house may be more dry than I realize, you know. Yeah. Um, and so remember last year. So I got to the point of having success with kale this year and in the winter months. Right. So think about my, you know, I'm not in the basement anymore. My heater is running all the time. It's an upstairs bedroom, smaller space to begin with, to your point with your studio. Um, and I was able to get some kale out. Still wasn't able to get the other brassicas. And again, I don't think any of that has to do with variety. Um, but I definitely know for certain it is the gardener or the gardener's house. Yeah. You know, with that. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously all of the other heirlooms died. Um, but I'm not sure if I buy what conditions mean heat tolerant. Yeah. I mean, and that's the big question. There's no buddy. I have not seen a seed yet that says this is what heat tolerant is. Mm-hmm. Like this is your threshold. Yeah. You know, I've seen it for heirlooms. Like you have this range, but when it comes to heat tolerance, I've never really seen that. And I'm sure somebody can send something and prove me wrong. And that's fine. I hope they do. But I've never seen that myself. So you have all that. And then it's like this year, for the first time, I grew two different varieties of sweet potatoes at the same time. Mm-hmm. I grew um, Beauregard's and Georgia Jets. And my Beauregard's I grew um, for sweet potato pie. And my Georgia Jets I just grew to eat. And we harvested them yesterday. And I was shocked by the difference in the way they looked. I know the way they taste is different and then the way they grew. They're totally different. So the Beauregards are like a drier potato where the Georgia Jets are more moist, which is what I want is I want the moist, you bake it, it car- caramelizes, all that stuff. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Um, but the size difference in the potatoes were different too. And it was a contrast difference in everything about them. So it was interesting to see. And so it's like, um, David helped me and he's like, well, what are we going to do next year, daddy? And I was like, well, and I was like, you want sweet potato pie? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, you like these other ones? He's like, yeah. And so what I think we're going to do is we're going to try and find a balance in them and then throw in one more variety and then just try and even it out a little bit and see what we can get, you know. So, um, you know, I want to try the Carolina Ruby sweet potato for mm. obvious reasons. <laughs> so it's supposed to be one of the moistest sweet potatoes out there. But that's something that you can get, too, because of the taste, the texture and stuff like that. And that's how we can you, you can change the way you grow and what you're serving your family. I think um, that's a really good example. Um, you have to wait so long to get to it, but. Um, as far as when it's ready to harvest sweet potatoes are a really good example of here are stark differences in varieties yeah you know like we think like you know, cabbage like we think about different cabbage like clearly there's like you know um now what's the the cabbage you use for um kimchi like that's that looks very different than your whatever your typical green head or white cabbage is so yeah, yeah. absolutely get that you know tomatoes sometimes they look different in color i think the biggest example that's closest to your sweet potatoes would be a paste tomato and a slicer you know they are very much used for different purposes in many people's kitchens absolutely not only just from the shape and you know 
the shape of the tomato, when you cut that tomato open, it's going to be different, you know, no matter what slicer you have when you compare it to a paste tomato. I think that that's interesting, but that's much easier to understand why variety is important. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it comes to some other things, it's not so much, you know, I think um, I have to go back to see. I'm pretty sure I didn't write it down. There was a variety of and find out where this person was a gardener I saw on YouTube um, and broccoli and it was producing broccoli when the, the summer got warmer. So I don't know if it was described as heat tolerant right, or whatever have you, but the gardener made a point to note that they're able to harvest this broccoli further into the summer. Um, and I was like, huh, interesting. You know, I already got like eight different varieties of broccoli, but you know, <laughs> but, oh, let me see. Cause that's of interest. Now this is one of the things that, um, is something to know and i'm not willing to accept this challenge yet earlier on i don't know the remember the vegetable we were talking about oh i could grow this thing you know longer or i could grow it in a different part of the season i think at one point i'm going to become the gardener that says i'm not trying to beat the system with this vegetable or that vegetable or this vegetable because that's what we're trying to do preach it my sister preach it well (laughs) and i think it's important that we understand too that like we can't just grow anything we want. And, you know, I'm going to keep bringing up the king of the North pepper because it's harder to grow up North. Maybe you shouldn't grow it up North. Maybe you should find something different to grow. And I know it's hard to believe, but like Mm -hmm. not everything grows everywhere. You know, it's, it's like, um, I was, I did a video recently, um, about, me redoing my pollinator garden and going native flowers. And the reasoning behind that was because they were just generally easier to take care of because they're basically bred for this area. So they know that it's hot. They know that it's dry. They know that there's sand in the soil. You know, they know that it's a long season. They know all of these things and it's just vegetables are the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I can grow cabbage in my garden all the way up. I can grow it from, well, hopefully now is this is the earliest I've ever planted it, but it's in my garden in late August and I can grow it all the way up until March easily. But after that, I can't do it. So if I continuously try and plant it over and over, I'm just kind of beating my head up against the wall. Whereas Batavia here, she's harvesting cabbages. When's the last cabbage you harvested? tomorrow i would kill for that option (laughs) you know what i mean the last cabbage i pulled out of the garden was july the 25th but i have a couple in the garden and we're in august yeah so see that's totally different like there's no heat tolerant cabbage that i can put (laughs) when i get back to back 90 to 96 degree days you know what i mean like if i'm fighting back dehydration every day you know that these plants that are known to be filled with water are fighting back dehydration. I mean, that's just a common thing. Go ahead. Give me room for the bell, man. Shoot. <laughs> you had to get something. I don't have enough sustenance in me to, to take this there. Um, there. Ah, oh gosh, there's so much there. There's, you know, we have so much access right now to so many things, you know, the interweb and all. And, or even if I never went online, I just went to my store. I have so much access. Any store any like brick and mortar store, retail for groceries, clothing, whatever have you. Uh, And 
I think though, and maybe this is just again, we're in the season and maybe, you know, this is just what's in my mind. I think one of the things I've learned about kind of others the most is when they like, how should I say this? The reality of Chicago, Illinois, the Midwest, the North, I don't know that I understood it more than I do now when it comes to gardening. Like I looked at it and said, Oh my gosh, it's so hot. It's so hot. You know, this summer and without people pointing out and then, you know, people making notes around what they grow in the fall and the spring only exclusively without watching your garden. Um, I would not realize kind of where I am sitting as a gardener in Chicago and how moderate our climate is, you know, outside of like Minnesota and of course your Alaskas and stuff like I think we have some of the harshest winters you know and in turn remember I think that it's the extreme when it comes to summers that's not yeah and it's a blessing absolutely a garden blessing um but I think what it's made me do is it's kind of allowed me to take a beat and kind of reset my reality for other things like I was certain I knew what growing in Chicago was like you know, and this is this is it. We got this one chance. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's not at all. Mm-mm. And without being able to see others' experiences in their gardens, I wouldn't really know the truth of what my garden experience is. Uh oh, this is what happens when I get hungry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you get profound. <laughs> <laughs> We're starving, Batavia, from here on out. That's it. Hello, 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 hello. No more food. No, it's it's important because I feel like. I mean, maybe as gardeners, we need to wake up and just, you know, get come to reality because there's there's a million seed companies out there. Mm-hmm. And I order the majority of my seeds from seed companies in the Southeast that focus on seeds for the Southeast. So um, I do order from Johnny Seeds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what I notice from them and this isn't like by any means like a definitive but sometimes the seeds don't do as well because Johnny Seeds is in Maine mm-hmm. a main idea of summer versus uh, southeast you know Florida Georgia South Carolina North Carolina idea of heat are two totally different things you know I knew mm-hmm. a guy um he was from he's from Maine and when I lived in New England and he would he hated it when it got to 75 degrees anything over 75 degrees he was totally miserable I am living up there and I'm like please dear God let it get to be 90 degrees like I'm dying for something warm you know what I mean like it's just two totally different things and so when we go to be planting in our gardens we need to be thinking about that because some of these vegetables just don't do well um my Brussels sprouts, like I'm continuously trying, trying to cheat the system with them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. continuously. And I know that I'm going to, I'm fighting an uphill battle. It's not a secret and I haven't tried to keep it a secret. It's been pretty clear, but um, it's just kind of one of those things where I want to grow it and I'm going to try and grow it, but I'm going to try and find a way to grow it. And if I can get it, fine. But if I can't, fine. You know, it's just like tomato or um, onions. You can't just grow any onion you want. You got to grow the onion for your area. But to that point, there are a couple of things that are very strict about that. 
And if they aren't strict about that, like, you know, you won't get the results that you're looking for at all, you know, if you don't abide by the short day versus long day. Um, but everything else is kind of up for grabs. Like if you get a couple of peppers off of the plant, you don't think twice about, you know, um, about it. You know, so the king of the north, you know, I was a uh, pepper. I think it's interesting. I was poking around and a lot of companies sell that seed. I've grown that pepper, too. Uh, a lot of companies sell that seed. And the way that people describe it, company by company differs. You have some companies that absolutely, they describe it as, you know, if you're in the North, uh, some companies describe it as for shorter, cooler seasons, you know, um, and then some companies don't say anything at all about, you know, the connection to the area that it's basically been bred for. Um, Now, the flip of that, though, I don't know if, if one thing immediately means the other. I don't know if King of the North... I'm sure it will do well in my garden, but I don't know if that means that it won't do well in yours. Yeah, you know, I don't the know either. That allowed to do well in mine is that is that a disadvantage for yours? I would assume that it is. That's my assumption, but my mom always said, if, "Don't assume because it makes that ass out of you and me." So <laughs> there is that, but my assumption is that it would not. And that's why I've never really tried it. Maybe I'll try it next year. Actually, I'm I know I'm not going to, but. Um, I mean, I just need to focus on something that needs to take heat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm growing black eyed peas right now and everything else is struggling in this heat except for the black eyed peas and the Seminole pumpkins. They are like thriving and blooming and producing constantly in this heat. And that's something that I need to keep. I need to remember you know, and that's why I've grown the black eyed peas year after year since I started is because they they do well in this. You know, everything mm-hmm. else has kind of struggled. Um, mm-hmm. I've got multiple types of tomatoes and the Roma tomato I'm growing this year. Um, well, for the past couple of years is the Virginia Select and it's bred for the southeast and it really hasn't skipped a beat in the heat. But my better boys are struggling. My geranium kisses are struggling. Um, my honest Abe's, I mean, that bastard lied, first of all. So there's that. <laughs> he ain't telling the truth. I mean, they're just struggling. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, I just, I, once I start seeing it, because the other thing we have to think about is like, is the, you know, the heat, the wave of the future, you know, is this something that we're gonna have to deal with every year? And if it is, then we need to really start focusing on something different. Yeah. The, um, so I'm really proud of you with your second wave of tomatoes, your se- second planting. I was like, this is like, uh, like last week. I'm like, you know, I haven't seen those tomatoes. You know, I'm watching the videos and then the next video that, uh, that you published, I'm like, <laughs> damn, those plants look good. This is August. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I wanted to ask you along these lines, like those are Romas. I know that you have like historically grown, like that's your go-to Romas, but yeah. did you plant them very intentionally as the second wave? Yes. Okay. Versus yes, slicers. Um, no, well, I've been very intentionally planting them because that's all I could take cuttings from. So mm. yeah. Um, next year we're going to switch it up. And I've looked around and found um, I'm going to try and grow the red snapper tomato everybody's raving about in the south. So I'm going to try and grow those next year and see how they do. And we'll be we're going to be testing a few new things out. I'm probably going to add a little bit more space to the garden to do it. Um, 
Yeah, big big drop. So we'll we'll try that out. But um, yeah, you know, I did that because I knew that it was a producer for me. It was determinant. It was heat tolerant, and it's been a constant in our garden. So I I knew how they produce, how they acted, and all that stuff because I've grown mm-hmm. them for so many years. That being said, going back to your point earlier in variety, it's a it's a sauce tomato. It's more meaty. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we really lacked this year has been slicers. And our better boys, they're growing, but they're not ripening because it's so hot. So every mm-hmm. time we get a cool spell, a green tomato will come up. And then it'll get hot and it'll sit. And then it'll get cool and then they'll start to ripen. So it's like this thing where we have to wait for it to kind of get like today's 83 degrees so hopefully something will start to blush and then i'll go ahead and pull it when it gets hot again and finish it off in the house and try and keep that plant producing whereas the romas i don't have to worry about that uh, it's a offshoot um <laughs> this is in august i was doing a video like a short or something <laughs> uh. Little dogs, man, they are assassins. My neighbor across the street has a little bitty dog. I don't know a lot about dogs, but it's just a little bitty thing. Like, you know, the ones that go yap, yap, yap. And this dog is small enough to get underneath a fence. And she is just scared that you know what out of one person walking by. Then she climbed out of the under the fence and like crawled up to the next person walking by. Uh, sometimes I feel like a little bitty dog. Yap, yap, yap. Um, so did I talk myself out of my train of thought? Probably. Yeah. All right. We can move on. So, yeah, um, I've done. So when you talk about cucumbers, I did the National Pickling Cucumber one year. Historically, I've done the Boston Pickling. Batavia's waving her hands at me. Go ahead. No, finish it. I'll come back Okay. So I did the uh, National Pickling, tried it two years, didn't get a cucumber for two years, went back to my Boston Picklings. Not only have I eaten cucumbers all year, the heat zapped them. Um, they looked like they were done. I fed them. I, in- I put some in- uh, fertilizer through the injector and they've all come back and they're all producing again. And I, I was certain, I was so certain they were going to die that I went into a video and I planted more cucumbers underneath them to try and get another harvest. So um, I may have too many now. I don't know what I'm going to get, but that's something that I need to keep in mind too, is, you know, how that worked. But that National Pickling Cucumber never worked well for me, ever, ever. And so I reverted back. And I'll keep trying different cucumbers. I think a lot of people are growing the Supremos, which are known to be like heavy producing cucumbers, mm-hmm. where to the point to where you cannot keep up with the harvest, which I kind of welcome that. You know what I mean? Like, let's see. You know, hold my hold my seltzer water. Let's see if I can get this done. <laughs> so we're going to try my, that. My 2019-2020 footage to see what I was growing hey a challenge for someone that's listening that's also on Backyard Gardens community garden Facebook page Mm -hmm. please start a post that asks what's your experience been like for the nationally pickling cucumber national not nationally yeah I I thought I I said that too when I said it but (laughs) I felt like you know whoever was the first to get to that post and and again I'm asking you to do this but you know check to see if there's a post out there already Uh, so not everyone at once 
the issue that I have is I secretly or openly rolled my eyes a couple of years ago when you're like, because you're 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 ready to toss something out like like this. Yeah. When you're like, you know, the heck with the National and Pickling Cucumber. And I still had seeds for it. And I think something in me, I think when I looked up, I only had a couple of pickling cucumbers last year. I had it's called homemade pickling cucumber and it's um i got some seeds seeds for someone that's local local in like the surrounding states um so i bought the seeds there and it was like you know eh, hit or miss you know when it comes to the production this year somehow when i started planning i I just knew i knew what i wanted to do a pickling cucumber i pulled out national national pickling cucumber and bleep results the results have been bleep but this other variety i'm growing there has been bad too so i don't know if it's a part of me says it could be the soil i'm growing in i thought it was much better than it was but i'm gonna tell you this i'm done too roll your eyes because i'm not i'm not even gonna bother with them anymore but when i bought it it was tried and true great and Mm -hmm. i tried it for two years so um you know, and I grow pickling cucumbers based on the variety too, because I prefer the crunch of them versus the mm-hmm. softness of the longer cucumbers. Yeah. So that's why I grow pickling cucumbers. Um, and that's just something that you learn over time. You know, you start to pick up on textures mm-hmm. that you care for. You start to pick up on all these different things when you go through your varieties that you want. And I also try to order the majority of my seeds from the same place generally speaking like i try not to order like a little bit here a little bit there like from 10 different places um that's for financial reasons but also to kind of just keep it real you know what i'm saying so um that's where we stand with that but on that note we've got to dovetail into this go ahead wait just one last note um zucchini summer squash is probably one of those things where variety absolutely matters um i've had mm-hmm. one more sucky year of of summer squash like probably the suckiest year i just I, I if i were being graded on being a good gardener based on my ability to grow squash like i'm repeating the grade <laughs> so somehow some way i went from like leaving zucchini and, and summer squash on people's door steps to like year three year four i had two zucchini this year two that's not it's good Mid august two yeah i had a fantastic squash and zucchini year but we'll talk about that in another episode yeah we'll talk about specifically the varieties you're growing and we'll put aside how whether your weather and my weather matter and impact them i'm just going to do what you did that's all i'm, that's all I'm saying yeah. like, i didn't want to bother with any variables other than what it been doing and he was successful i want to do that next year yeah well i tried that um and we're going to do an episode on what we did this year and i'm also going to try and put together a video about different techniques i tried and how they worked out too so um but we've got to dovetail into this question this is totally relevant within reason <laughs> <laughs> but um, it makes sense. But first, I do need to tell you guys about the Planter app. It is a longtime supporter of the show, and we both love using it to plant our gardens. It's got square foot gardening. Everything is drag and drop interface, multiple varieties. I think he's up to like thousands of varieties at this point. Uh, very visual, so it's easy to look at, pleasing to the eye. Uh, you can design multiple multiple plans and what i like to do is i like to go back and look and see each year so i can get my crop rotations right tells you when you have a companion plant or a faux planting situation going on has flowers in it you can do 
all kinds of things. It's got um, gar- growing guides for them. If you put in your your um, zip code, it'll give you the different planting dates for you. And it really just helps you plan your garden out better. And it, this is exactly what we're talking about in this episode where this will help you because planning is everything into having a successful garden. So check it out. Planter app link is in the description. I'll give you a discount. It is on the app stores for both Google and Apple. And you can also use it on your computer, which I thoroughly like doing too. So bigger screens, always better. But we need to get directly into our gardening question of the day from Spotify. And it's from our episode about protecting your garden from the heat. And let's see here. It, Bethany writes us and says, Hi guys, what are your favorite seed catalogs? This was my first year really gardening hard, and I'd like to upgrade from just browsing at the home improvement stores. Thanks, Beth. Excuse me, not Bethany, Beth. So, um, what's your favorite seed catalog? I don't have a favorite. They're all pretty. And... Um, at this point, I am ordering less from them. I just it, It's a part of getting into the spirit of it, to be quite frank. Um, and I'm on mailing list, and so I haven't taken the step to remove myself. Um, yeah, that's, you know, sorry I don't have a more. Um. No, that's, <laughs> that's a beautiful answer. I hate seed catalogs. Um, they're the worst. And it, it's funny you said they're pretty. Because that's all it is. It's just <laughs> yeah. marketing at its best. Um, and shopping for seeds at the home improvement stores, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's actually a great way to do it. That's how people have been doing it for generations. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, go to your local hardware store back in the day and you get it and now, or your general store and now you're going to the um, home improvement store. I don't like them. I don't even know how I got on the list, but I probably get... 15 to 20 seed catalogs every year. And it's like a running joke in our house of how much they good. Now there is a couple that we are going to keep this year that I hope they keep sending. Cause they'll be good fuel for my, my smoker for my beehives. So that'll work out pretty good. But otherwise like it's antiquated and it's not good. Um, your seed catalog that people get, I don't think should drive you to the company to buy it from. I think going to the websites, mm-hmm. really looking at them and seeing what other people are using and growing from and stuff like that, I think is a much more useful place to be. And there's a reason why Burpee and Ferry Morris don't really put out seed catalogs because they don't need to. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. What's the other companies like you never see an advertisement for them? Um, I think it's just because of the size of those companies and because of their footprints in stores and things of that nature. I believe there's something whimsical about seed catalogs. I believe there is definitely if you're focused on more small business purchases, I think that there's something to be said about some of the seed catalogs and small businesses are ranging from, again, not the burpees and not the fairy morrises and so on. That's what, yeah. I'm just going to go from everyone under them. You know, I'm going to yeah. consider a small business for this conversation. Um, I think that some companies take more care in the story they're telling 
you know, about some vegetables and some seeds. I think that that's special. Um, I am, I do have an interest. I just don't have a time to have time to slow down to really nurture it. I do have an interest around the story of some seeds and some vegetables and some herbs and so on, you know, and that, that means that I am going to get back to heirlooms in a different way. Um, but I've also, I can't think of the company name, but I've also read from a small business that says a part of the reason why they're able to keep prices low is because they don't do things like produce seed catalogs. Amen. Um, so there is this piece of, um, I definitely think in the early days of focusing on, on, in on starting things from seed, a lot of things from seed, I think I leaned in more on seed catalogs because it was much easier to see things in my hand versus like scanning and trying to search and like clicking on links on the page. Yeah. Because this is when I was expanding my garden and I was really trying to develop, what do I want to grow? Yeah. You know, like, you know, what more do I want to grow beyond what I'm already growing? And I think that that helped facilitate things. Um, I think the first seed catalog that is delivered just reminds me of it's time girl. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Well, and pull out the, the lights, pull out the dirt. The reason why I hate them is because by the time I get the seed catalog, I've had my seeds for a couple mm-hmm. months because I hit the fall sales. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get my seeds 50% off. Yeah. Um, and that that's for the next year's seeds, not previous year's seeds. So they're sure. the good mm-hmm. seeds that have already mm-hmm. been going. So there you go. No seed catalogs. Stop sending us seed catalogs and stop charging us less or give us more seeds. One of the two. S- Say, speak for yourself. But if we're going to get, if the whole will get something cheaper price wise for yeah. no C catalog, sign us up. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, last <laughs> year I got caught, um, and this was my fault. I, I bought some onion seeds at a big box store. And when I opened them, I was like, I got 10 seeds for two bucks. I didn't read the package and see that they started doing them in micrograms instead of mm-hmm. grams. So that was my fault. So, um, yeah, be careful of what you get. But um, there's a lot of good companies out there. So anticlimactic answer. But there you go. Sometimes it's going to be like that. It is. It is. So and on that note, everybody, it is that way. And we hope you have your varieties chosen and you will dig deeper throughout the next couple months and get you some good old good ones for next year. But until then, we're going to continue to learn to grow and grow for change. See ya. (laughs) Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.